Yeah, are we on? Hello, good day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It's a privilege and an honor for me to um, be with you today, uh, the 12th day in the month of July 2023. I thank God for the opportunity he has given me to be able to share with you. And thank you so much for tuning in. I thank everyone who has so far, um, I, I thank everyone that have sent um comments feedback questions etc thank you thank you thank you so much may god expand your understanding our understanding and help us to become the best of who he has intended and created us to be in the name of jesus christ amen so um there's so much going on and right now uh, it's really it's almost challenging it's almost challenging to catch up whether it's on a national level or globally or even in our personal lives you know with all that um is going on economy wise and etc etc um these are really very interesting times and we thank god because god has promised that he'll never leave nor forsake his own and um have two, two preliminary um, uh, statements or opening statements if you like before I delve into the podcast for today and these are just from memory lane for me so I recall growing up as a child um, during one of our subjects in primary school it was thought that okay um, malaria because I am African and uh, Nigerian and we know that um, here in the tropics malaria seems to be like a prevalent um, disease I mean the first time I heard that <laughs> if someone had malaria in the UK and was quarantined it was really funny to me because here in Nigeria malaria is like um, okay it's just you have malaria you you almost cannot even take sick leave when you have malaria because people are like it's not just malaria just take him uh, painkillers and take one uh, malaria medication and you're okay in two three days you should be bouncing back so well in primary school and this was me at age under 10 probably around eight years old at the time and i clearly remember that um, our teacher while teaching i can't really remember the exact course now but it was a health related kind of um, like a social course like a social subject and we thought that one of the ways to prevent malaria is to keep your surroundings clean clear the bushes take away stagnant water you know um just keep keep your surroundings clean and our teacher did emphasize and i remember i i saw this in uh, in the textbook as well when i read the text at that time that you do not just keep your surroundings clean but you encourage your neighbors to keep their surroundings clean because if your surroundings are your uh, if your surroundings are clean and your neighbors surroundings are unclean or um at are conducive for breeding mosquitoes the mosquitoes will go to your neighbor's place breathe there and come to your house and bite you <laughs> Oh my word, I can't forget that. And when I look at what's going on in the world now, um, 
in the past few days i've just been reminded of that lesson that was taught me in primary school we look at illegal migration you know um the migrant crisis it is a, it's a it's a crisis i saw something on one of the international mainstream media channels and it was very disturbing you know and um it's challenging because whether whether you're looking at the US or Europe or some other countries in other continents that are quote unquote seem to uh, seem to be doing better than others um you see that many people from the areas that are seemingly not doing well want to just find their way in this uh place, places that are considered to have greener grasses and they're almost ready to take their lives you know to get to those places and um while i was watching uh this report that was presented on the mainstream media i was just reminded of what my teacher taught me at age under 10 in primary school that if you keep your surroundings clean and you do not en- encourage your neighbors to keep their surroundings clean the problems that they will breed will find their way to you and f- attack you one way or the other so that's uh, and and we can see it in so many other areas not just in the issue of migration you know you have a rich neighborhood and it's probably in the middle of a squalor you know where they are so surrounded by many shanties uh initially people from the shanties would be happy to come and work for the rich but over time they begin to wonder why they are also not doing well so um what this goes to as um the lord has helped me to understand and i say the lord because it's not my own wisdom you know it's not my own um, understanding if god doesn't bring some things to your knowledge it's difficult for you to actually acknowledge them you might even be looking at knowledge staring you in the face and you will not acknowledge it because the spirit of wisdom has not come upon you so um the bottom line really is that we need to be there for one another we need to help one another i strongly believe that richer countries have to um and they have done so much you know they have done so much honestly and it shouldn't just stop at aid it should also extend to accountability as much as we want to ensure that states are sovereign we want to maintain the supremacy of um the of each country at the same time um let us let us do what is right i mean let's just do what is right i don't want to make this a political episode but <clears throat> so much is happening uh we see the breakdown of law and order we see massive corruption we see unaccountability we see uh all sorts of negative um forms of leadership and oppression in different places and the result is that people just want to flee and find a better place where they can try for themselves and their children so i it's it's the human problem you know uh humans we are just 
the human human beings are very powerful so powerful that even the devil doesn't know what is in your mind it's only god that knows and that's why when i see people that say oh i know you very well i know everything about you i just smile i laugh because it's only god that can make that statement even the devil cannot say that he knows he knows uh, somebody so well he, he the devil can only try he can only try he can guess he may be like okay i i, I think from experience that this is how human beings may react if i do this if i do that or if i dangle this in front of them but he cannot exactly know how you behave so um we surprise ourselves as human beings honestly because leadership is entrusted you know people the people um willfully or by whatsoever means accept to allow uh, others to be um to be above them and lead because they trust them to be able to look out for their best interest and we see it in so many so many instances even in the animal kingdom you know um if you if you have listened to one of my very old episodes on the wild dogs you see that most times when a pack or group of beings whether they are whether they are human beings or animals even um uh you know living things that you may not really immediately take notice of when they when they donate their powers to anyone or a group of persons to be ahead of them they expect that that person that they have entrusted their authority to should and would be able to look out for their best interest so this is an encouragement to myself to you and everyone who has been uh, who have been privileged who is privileged to be in a leadership position to please 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 I understand that you're not there for your own gain or the gain of your cohorts or those that you think are loyalists or your future generation you are actually occupying that position to be able to take care of those who have entrusted you with that leadership position i.e. your con- that is um your constituency everyone who is um who is your constituent uh, and if you are at the federal level that means uh, the entire country if you are at the state level the entire state if you are the local government the entire the entire local government and if you are playing at the global international scene then the world in general and basically as human beings because the most powerful form of leadership is personal leadership so as human beings is also being um, a good leader personally by treating your neighbor the way you treat yourself so when i actually see people who mistreat others it just shows me that they do not love themselves and they are masking whatever hatred they have for themselves by inflicting pain on others so that's my first opening statement the second opening statement i'm very thankful for the times that i grew up in i grew up in the 80s and um 90s and um, I remember that by the time I started becoming a teenager, <laughs> growing into um, what we all know to be puberty, it wasn't a very interesting period for me. I remember that I I always wanted to hide, you know, the changes in my body. I wanted to wear baggy clothes. I just wanted to hide. I almost wanted to disappear. In fact, I didn't even like the subject when it was taught or discussed. It was so embarrassing. And um 
because I grew up in, in a period where uh, I was raised, of course, you must have known by now, by African parents who were themselves raised by <laughs> some people I may want to call my ancestors. <laughs> Because they also had they had this traditional African way of life. And I remember as a child, my mom used to say to me that if a man or a boy should touch you like this, bam, your stomach would just swell up. As in, <laughs> you would just become pregnant and your tummy would swell. And that was um, her own way of trying to get me to, um, uh, what's the word now, abstain, right? Abstain from... Uh, sexual immorality and other acts that could uh, divert my interest and attention and and altogether cripple my future, which was good. That was her own way of teaching because that was the way she was taught. But what that did for me was that it made me so alarmed that I didn't even want to sit next to a guy. And I remember in my primary school days, um, this was probably primary three or primary four, maybe primary six, I cannot immediately remember. But there was uh, a particular class in primary school where we were paired to sit together, one male, one female, one boy, one girl. And um, the boy who was asked to sit next to me, it was just a like um, a, a bench. It wasn't a single stool as you have these days. So it was like a, a, a bench-like chair. It did have a backrest. And then you had the desk in front. So this boy was asked to sit next to me and I was supposed to sit next to him. And I remember I just almost went into the wall like i didn't want and the guy was the boy was such a very playful boy so he wants to come close to me one day in fact i sat back leaned on the wall and used my legs and pushed him off the chair <laughs> pushed him off the of the uh the bench you know and he, of course he reported i was punished uh by my teacher i couldn't explain why i did that and i had to go and sit at the very last seat in the class so i i had to sit alone and i didn't have any neighbor and i was pretty much content i was happy about it i didn't tell my parents about it but i was just happy like whoa now you see you see the folly of childhood right it never for once occurred to me that the others who were paired up none of them had swollen stomachs none of them got pregnant i just felt like well i just wanted to protect myself well, um, remember I also mentioned that I did try to hide my figure as I started getting um, a little older and puberty setting in like my secondary school days. But over time, I outgrew that. I outgrew that over time. Yes, because that's what children do. Children grow. <laughs> children grow. They can feel one way today and tomorrow they feel entirely different. And now, by the grace of God, I'm embracing my entire womanhood. And I am so grateful to God that I'm well endowed in all the right places. You understand what I'm saying? Like, figure-wise, I am set. And I am a proper African woman, looking good and smashing in all areas. So why am I saying this? Um, Children can feel one way today. And the next they have an entirely different thought. That's why they are children. 
uh, and our work as adults, as parents, as aunties, uncles, institutions, etc., is to guide them, you know, to give them the opportunity to be able to let us know how they feel and um, explain to them why they feel the way they feel and encourage them to uh, wait it out until they get to the age where they can actually make proper decisions or when they can take steps that are actually good for them. Um, There's a good reason why um, a child will say, oh, I want to drive a car and the parents will not buy a car for the child. I remember once I went to see a friend of mine. She had this son that was uh, a little over one year old. I don't think he was up to three years at the time. And um, he he wanted to drive my car. So he, he, was, he was crying. Like he was crying frantically. He wanted to be given the keys for him to drive the car. I Okay, so... At, at the end of the day, I just let him sit in the driver's seat. And, um, of course, the ignition was off. The key wasn't there. But he just held the steering and he felt really happy that he was driving. And um, you can see it in so many other instances. But you, I, it would be foolish of me to give him the car keys to drive because that would be almost um, more than on my own side because he, he would obviously crash the car kill himself or get himself injured the same thing happens in so many other instances it's not everything a child wants that a child gets you know that's one of the reasons why a child cannot drive until the person nobody can drive until they turn 18 even drinking is not allowed until uh, a person turns a certain age is outlawed you know like it's unlawful until um the, the person has attained a certain age. Marriage is not lawful until you attain a certain age. Even voting, entering a contract, you cannot enter a contract unless it's a contract for something that is very necessary until you get to 21 years in Nigeria. So our work as adults is to guide our children. Let us not... Um, let us not get confused, you know, by all that is going on around us. And um, uh, I, I really don't know. I, my prayer is that God would give us the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the grace, and the strength to be able to make the right decisions at the right time in respect of our children and for us to be good neighbors to our fellow human beings to actually love one another look out for one another it's not just enough for you to be good by yourself you need to look out for the next person you need to be sure that um, others are at least reasonably okay because you cannot be an island by yourself and even if you think you're an island before you know it others will find a way to swim and come and bring their problems to you if you do not have the sympathy to help them to also um, manage themselves now when it comes to the issue of aid they say you teach a person how to fish it's not just about giving the person fish so sometimes providing aid is not the solution because sometimes the aid provided is not even properly utilized it's still hijacked by uh, the same persons who had corrupted the system or made the um, environment uninhabitable in the first place so my heart really goes out to everyone who is um, suffering 
from this, uh, some of these challenges uh, that we we see on the news every now and then, whether it's the host country or uh, the, the individuals involved, their families, etc. It's just so um, heartbreaking for everyone. And uh, my prayer uh, and hope really is that there will come a time where we all can actually sit up and look out for one another where we can consider people in our actions in our dealings and know that we are not just living for ourselves but the way we live our lives the way we handle what has been entrusted to us impacts not just the next person but even generations to come may god give us the wisdom the strength the grace to be able to know what is right and to do what is right regardless of um, the pressures around us because really when we when we come to think of it um, corruption thrives because it's encouraged i remember when i was growing up again back in the day in the 80s and 90s um, most people who could not show that they had a credible means of income uh, but were living large were avoided you know but over time uh, the situation turned so people were now looking for those who were living well without necessarily exerting much energy and asking them to show them the way how do i live large without working hard and before we knew it we saw that everybody just wanted to cut corners to be i better pass my neighbor or something like that well these are just preliminary um comments from me thank you so much for listening um the next episode will now delve into the main heart of the discussion for today the things i know for sure may god bless you please do not hesitate to listen to the next episode thank you so much for listening bye for now Hello. Good day again. Thank you so much for tuning in to our second episode for today. Um, my name is Nana and today is July 12, 2023. It is a great privilege and honor to speak with you and I thank you so much for tuning in. I want to share with you some things that I know for sure. Isn't God amazing? I mean, oh Lord. I don't know where to begin. Sometimes I, I, I consider some of the things he has done for me. I'm, I'm just um, filled with gratitude, and you know how. Um, I don't know where to begin or how to, <laughs> how to explain this. But you know, sometimes when terrible things happen to people, they're like, God, why me? In my own case, great things, good stuff happens to me. I'm like, God, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me, choosing me to um, enjoy this privilege, this blessing, this honor, this grace that you have so chosen and um, decided to bestow upon me. God is good. God is good. God is good. And that's the first thing. I know for sure. I know that God is good. Number one, God is good. 
in him there's no form of variableness he is good everything that every good and perfect thing comes from him he is good that's one the second thing i know for sure is that god can be trusted i honestly god can be trusted once god makes a promise to you my dear brother and sister you can take it to the bank you can bank on it once god makes you a promise you can bank on it you can rest assured that he will fulfill it you know um he never fails he never fails he never sleeps he never slumbers whatever project that god has commissioned whatever project that he has um initiated rest assured that he will sponsor it rest assured that he will sponsor it and our work our job really is just to commit ourselves to him commit ourselves completely to him i'm not saying you should not plan by all means plan think come up with projects come up with different uh, goals and ambitions and once you have come up with these things take them to the lord take them to the lord present them to him and let him know that you are subjecting your goals your plans your ambitions your desires etc your projects you are you are subjecting everything to his will to his desires in fact just go to him and let him know that you cannot do anything without his approval you know how it is in companies now ah uh-uh. let me let's even use some business examples so in in a company for example um let's say you are not you are not on the board of directors you are not probably the md or something but you have a senior position in the company and um you decided that oh even if you don't have a senior position you have a position in the company whether it's senior junior mid mid level whatever so you have come up with a project with a plan something that you think oh this thing is going to benefit your department it's going to benefit your unit and could ultimately yield profit income or some kind of benefit for the company or the organization so you prepare your plan and you take it to the management or to the board or whatever authority is responsible for considering the plan and you subject your plan to their decisions you subject their plan to their decisions now um can you ever fathom a situation where you present the plan and they, they say okay this plan is not good at this time um this plan is not going to enable this department to achieve the ultimate goal that we have for this department so this plan should be stepped down it should not be implemented at this time or Maybe they modify the plan. They decide to tweak it here and there, add a couple of things or take out some things, fine-tune it and give you a revised plan and say wrong with it. Can you ever in your life imagine that you will decide to go with your original plan? (laughs) Your original plan that was not approved (laughs) or your original plan uh, without the edits and the amendments that were made by the leadership. 
once you do that of course you know that you are already on your way out of the organization because you have de- you have decided to violate um the chain of authority and command you have decided to violate the objectives of the organization no matter how good how great you think the plan you have is you cannot know what is best for the business than the business owners you know so the business owners know the kind of risk that they are willing to take they know what their goals their specific goals are and just like they say in some parlance is the process you know it's um it's not ultimately what you have done but whether what you have done is in tandem with the objectives the principles the policies the laws of the organization that you are representing or claiming to do that for the same thing the same way it is with your life Mm -hmm. it's exactly the same way with your life and my life you know um because we have this notion now where some of us say i can do i can do life by myself it's my life well each of us will eventually leave this place you know that's the most the most amazing thing is that nobody will be here up to 150 years old 150 is the maximum in fact the oldest person on earth now i don't think the person is up to 130 so let's just stretch it and say 150 will all leave and the interesting thing again is that it's really difficult to see anyone that has gone and come back to, to tell us how it is after here there are a couple of books and uh, narrations of people who had near that experiences and then they try to articulate some of the things that they saw in words but honestly trust me it's never going to be the same as those who actually went and you um when we think of the story of the rich man and lazarus you see that when the rich man, when they when they all passed on and left this realm to the next realm, um, they could still recognize each other. You know, the rich man was able to recognize, ah, this Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. The rich man probably, I don't know, maybe he was seeing his brothers here on earth or he knew how his brothers were living on earth and he was like, I don't want these people to come and join me here because this thing they are doing is likely to bring them to this place. And so he had to ask and say, oh, Father Abraham, please, can you send somebody, a prophet or an angel to go and speak to my uh, brothers in, in on earth and you know just let them know that they this place is not good enough for them to come to let them change their ways and all that and uh, abraham said oh they have the prophets they have the messengers and the preachers and everyone to preach to them they can't listen to them then that's that's that means that um they are not willing to change so god can be trusted and i encourage you to entrust your plans to him and that portion that we read in proverbs right was saying to us that once you roll up your works upon the lord once you commit and you trust them wholly to him you allow god to modify the plans you know just like you allow your board of directors or shareholders or management board or whatever it is to be able to change the plans in that unit if you allow god to um take charge of your plans tell you whether or not okay step down this plan this is not the right time or i have a better plan for you this is what i want you to do and that's why we need the holy spirit oh lord god i pray that god would 
open our eyes you know bring us closer to his spirit because what 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 better gift can you have than to have the one that was here even before the earth was formed you know in genesis 1 uh, verses 1 and 2 he says that that the spirit of the lord hovered over the deep you know and and that that the earth was without any form and void so the holy spirit was here even when nothing was formed who else is wiser to tell you and you know one day we're going to study wisdom god willing and you see that wisdom is actually um, um, it is given by the Spirit of God, you know, because the first time wisdom was mentioned in the scriptures, that was when God was talking to Moses and he said, oh, um, go to this person whom I have given the wisdom to do so, so and so thing. I've given them the wisdom to be able to exhibit ABCD type of skill. So the second point the second thing I know for sure is that God can be trusted and trust your plans to God. And you can see examples um, in the scriptures where God had promised Abraham. He said, look, I'm going to make you a father of nations today, today. <laughs> you see, when people think um, uh, that Abraham is just the Israelites, they are more than that too. You have the Israelites, you have the Ishmaelites, you have the children. You know, he had four or three other children from Keturah who he married after uh, Sarah passed on. And each of those children are nations in themselves and they cannot be counted. You know, should we even talk about Ishmael? So he, he, God, God kept that promise. God kept that promise that he made to Abraham. And we talk, we should even look at ourselves as Christians. You know, we are the spiritual children of Abraham because we came through Abraham's seed. And you cannot really count us. You can't really count the number. You know, so God God kept that promise. And you also remember Joseph, Abraham's great-grandson, whom God promised that, oh, look, um, I'm going to make you like the son, you know, I'm your brothers are going to bow down to you. You're going to be like a prince and everything. Even when the devil tried to destroy that plan, you know, just like in Abraham's case too, because the devil tried, the devil tried to frustrate Abraham, tried to make his wife depressed, tried to make Abraham himself depressed. Abraham's wife was taken from him twice, you know, by two, two different kings. Can you imagine? God has said, he has promised that he'll give you a child. And then the woman that should have given birth to the children for you was taken from you. What more can be so discouraging? But Abraham remains steadfast by the grace of God and God came through because he did not just restore his wife but he, he did fulfill the promise that he made to him. The same thing with Joseph. You know, he was sold into slavery, enslaved for something that uh, enslaved and then in prison for something that he didn't do. The devil must have thought that he had won, right? But God even in the midst of that affliction, God ensured that the promise he had made to this young man was still fulfilled. And I promise you, you know, that no obstacle can stop God's plan for you from being fulfilled as long as you 
walk with him you know subject your plans to him trust him to be able to make the right decision and cooperate with him and i know that sometimes it can be very challenging sometimes it can be really difficult for you to walk with god especially when uh, in your own human understanding it seems like oh god is too slow oh what god is doing you're not even understanding it oh god is moving you in the wrong direction and you have you feel like forcing yourself in the opposite direction say god this is not the way you're supposed to go this is not the way this thing is supposed to happen you should actually happen in the opposite way in such times what i encourage you to do is to actually run to the father ah run to the father run to the father run to god himself run to him in your quiet time look don't be ashamed though don't allow people to laugh you into a place of uh, condemnation and scorn and destruction because what happens now is that people don't want to be identified as god boy church boy god baby god child hey you say ah you're not you're just a jew man how can you be still how can you still be doing church things i, I didn't know that you're a spirit coco i didn't know that you were a spiritual person you know it's all those things don't allow don't allow the mockery of this world to deprive you of the blessing and the entitlements that you have so i encourage you in your quiet time in your quiet place even when you're in the midst of people speak to god in your hearts look you can't deceive god you cannot say you are hiding something from him you are forming juman you are forming babe or you are forming high class whatever he knows and you know deep in your heart what your fears your greatest fears your worries are take them to god you know whatever plans you have take them to god and ask him to please perfect them ask him you know subject yourself to his will ask him to please make his will to be done and for me personally what i do i do not just ask for god's will to be done i pray that god's will will also bring me joy and peace yes i pray it deliberately i say god this is what i want nevertheless i want your will to be done and please let your will bring me joy let your will bring me peace let it bring me happiness let it bring me blessings and let people indeed see through your will that i am your child let them see your blessings through your will for me and i want to feel it i want to feel your blessing i want to feel loved even in your will you know pray that deliberately and i assure you that through the help of god um you will definitely definitely receive a positive response So, number three thing I know for sure is that we are stewards of all that we have. We are stewards of all that we have. For what do we have that we have not received? You know, and the scriptures tells us that we should honor God with our bodies, with our soul, and with our spirit, all of which belong to God. You know, because some people think that sometimes some of us think that oh it's just okay for me to give god material things and you know you you can't see god in person right so some feel like oh they give uh, make donations in church or they give make donations to charity and they feel like okay um i've done my own part 
so god has to know that i appreciate him or i have given to him no you know when you read um the the new testament you know the way we as christians as children of god um the way we are and you i hope you understand the concept of how you are a child of god because luke chapter 3 verse 38 tells us that adam was the son of god and we know that from the book of genesis chapter 3 adam and eve they walked away from god when they committed sin and since genesis chapter 3 um, man has been trying to find his way back to god and god eventually in the book of matthew fulfilled the promise he made to um, eve in genesis 3 by sending the seed that will come and crush the head of the serpent and just like he had prophesied through the um the the prophets you know prophets Isaiah and co that this son of his will come and he will reconcile us back to the father so jesus came he laid down his life he was the ultimate sacrifice and his life that he gave on the cross of calvary restored us back to the position of sonship and daughterhood and what do we have to do for us to be able to enjoy this privilege as the children the sons the daughters of god is to believe believe in jesus christ that he is the way he is the truth he is the life no one can come to god except through him believe in the holy spirit that he sent you know to comfort us and to guide us and to lead us into understanding all things according to the will of the father and study the word study the word because the word of god is now the manual that will teach you teach me teach us on how we can um fellowship and enjoy the blessings that christ brought for us and also fulfill our responsibilities as children of god to the father and to the rest of the children that he has in his kingdom so i was saying that the number three thing i know for sure is that we are stewards of all that we have and in saying that i was i I also mentioned that we should honor god with the entirety of our substance our body our spirits which are his our souls which are his and it doesn't just stop in giving material things you know there was a day i was listening to um somebody i respect so much i don't know her personally but i i met her her, um through the media and she was making a lot of sense in so many other things that she was saying and um, um i looked at her life it was quite impressive so I, I i tried to give her audience a couple of times and then i realized and that's another thing that we all need to be mindful of including myself you know and i pray to god for god to help me not to come to that place of um arrogance if you like um in working with god where i now feel like oh i know god so well that i begin to become arrogant in expressing my relationship with him so this person uh in in making a presentation she was talking about titan now um, i will tell you some of my thoughts on titan soon that's not supposed to be the basis uh for that's not the topic for this episode but she was talking about titan and she she mentioned that oh that she even tights uh she gives in excess of what she should so that she knows that god is owing her <laughs> she said she, as you know the tight is 10 percent, right so she says she even tights more than 10 percent, so that it is clear that god i've even given you more than what you asked of me so you are the one owing me 
And when I heard that, my spirit indeed cringed. My, the, my, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit in me, and and my 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 own personal spirit. You know, you know, we are spirits having physical experiences as human beings. It actually cringed. I was like, what really? And she said this a couple of other times and i realized that okay that's a mindset she has but let's bring it to the scriptures as 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 um as christians how does the bible require us to give and we see it in the new testament where paul was saying look look at these people that they actually gave themselves first they gave themselves and that's the most important thing you these material things, God is not going to come down and spend the money. He doesn't need it for anything. What God wants is you. He needs you. And that, you see, eh, the analogy is not even far-fetched. Those who have been unfortunate to double into some kind of occultic uh, activities, satanic uh, activities, they will tell you. And interestingly, I've been, uh, I've had the, um, the great honor, I would say by the grace of God to listen to some of them. And you even see it in movies now. It's not even just, um, because as much as I can, I try not to pay attention to those things, but on in Hollywood movies, um, you will see it when it's depicted a lot. The devil wants to give you something. He wants to collect you, you. It's not just, it's not just, uh, it's not just uh, the material things he, you, you, uh, that that person has. He wants to collect that person. He wants to collect the, the, the most precious thing that the person has. And oftentimes it's a human being. So, um, that, and that's the devil mimicking because he doesn't own you. He did not create you. You were not created after his image. He's just trying to fight for something that he doesn't have he's trying to lay claim to you because he feels that oh adam and eve fell out and because they fell out of god because they decided to obey the devil instead the devil is trying to also get human beings at every given point in time to to obey him instead of obeying god instead of being like the father the one that actually created you he his his ultimate plan at all times is just to find a way to deceive human beings it's just to find a way to deceive human beings. God, please help me because I don't want to get too deep into some things. Um, but um, this is, uh, the Lord has this at the tip of my tongue and I will just say it quickly. That the devil has even deceived people to think that, oh, God cannot send anybody to hell. And interestingly, God has the right not to. But it will be foolhardy for us to um disbelief what the scriptures itself has said because i remember in the days of noah as is written in the bible right because some say oh you were not there now in the days of noah when noah had constructed the ark first of all when he was building the ark everybody was like eh papa noah no way no way <laughs> what is going on what do i down here hmm. noah is cutting all the trees in the forest though what is he building no way, no way. What is happening? When did you become a carpenter? No, I was just busy working. Maybe his children also helped him. He was working. At the end of it, God now said, Okay, oh, Noah, it's time. You and your family enter the ark. Get the animals. Anyone that wants to join you should enter. Noah must have been saying to them, My people come into the ark. Oh, something is about to happen. You say, What? What can happen? Eh, no, nothing can happen. Oh, is it not this beautiful world? Look at how lush it is. God cannot destroy it. Remember, before then, they had even 
um okay it wasn't at that time it was post post the flood that they tried to go up to heaven to go and meet god <laughs> they tried to build the tower of babel, of babel so um they must have been like ah no it's not possible god cannot destroy the earth and all that hey because no was like something is coming you know that is going to kill destroy everything and they couldn't fathom it indeed they had never even seen rain before because the the word of god says that it was due it was due that god was using to water the earth at the time and when noah eventually entered the ark with his family god himself shut the door god himself shut the door to the ark just in case noah's neighbor will come and knock and say hey papi no it's me your neighbor eh and he will say okay hold on let me open for you no god god shut the door himself so that those who had disobeyed and refused to enter the ark could not have the second opportunity to get in and after the after the flood when noah and his family came out of the ark i believe it's in genesis chapter 9 god made a promise and he said look this is the sign of the rainbow and this rainbow is a sign that i will not destroy the earth again with water he did not say i will never destroy the earth again in Genesis chapter 9 and that was like the final statement on the whole issue of the flood and all that. And when we move to Peter Peter we know was like the chief apostle, right? The one that was beside Jesus Christ, the son of God, working with Jesus, taking instructions and everything and on the day the church itself actually started, the Holy Spirit gave Peter the inspiration to make the opening speech. So Peter by the grace of God had um the knowledge and impartation of God upon him and he told us in his book in the book of Peter that in the last days that God will roll the earth like a mat and set it on fire hmm. let me just stop there so uh i i, I would just say don't let the devil fool you a second time we shouldn't let the devil fool us a second time you know the way he fooled adam and eve now i was like um the god said that you should not i can't remember that stupid thing he said honestly i i don't really i, I don't really retain it in my memory because i don't even want to know the i don't want to know the stupid lie that he told all i just want to know is what god is saying and focus on what god is saying but he he went to adam and eve and he was asking them questions is this what god said or is it not what god said the same way some people now will say did the bible say this or it did not say that is this a sin or it's not a sin <clears throat> what i just do i say please go and read so 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 a uh, chapter or verse of the scriptures it's just like so many things now they will ask her uh, they will go to uh, bishop jakes they will go to pastor this they will go to pastor that and they will be asking them in front of the global audience what is your opinion on so i say please your opinion is not important my opinion is not important your opinion is not important the most important thing is what does the scripture say once the bible says it it settles it whether you believe it or not you know the, the, in the past they used to say oh god said it i believe it and it's done in faith okay you might say okay you have to believe it for it to come to pass but when god has given instructions he has given a command that is it whether you believe it or not and in on this uh, particular matter because some people will say oh this one is not a sin it's not in the bible that is that is a sin it's not a sin please go and read romans chapter 1 
read Romans chapter 1. Rom- the book of Romans, I, I believe every Christian should have it at the back of their palms. Like, understand it, read it, pray over it, sit on it, chew it, pray to God for the grace to understand it and have it deep in your heart. Because the book of Romans was written to the church in Rome, which was the seat of power at the time, global power, the Roman Empire. So, Paul on, and Paul himself was a Roman citizen. It's just like someone being a citizen of the of a superpower now, like maybe the greatest or strongest or most powerful country on earth. Paul was a Roman citizen and he was even a lawyer. So in, in professionalism, he had it. In wealth, I'm sure he was probably a, a somewhat well-to-do before he became an apostle and forsook all of those things. That's why he said he forsook everything for Christ. He forsook everything for Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't want to digress too far, but the Lord made it necessary for me to be able to share that. What I was trying to say is that <laughs> you are a steward of everything that you have. There is no- nothing you have that you have not received. So you and I we have to worship God with everything that he has given to us. We have to serve him with everything that he has given to us. That is what he requires of us. And I'm just going to read quickly from the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 7 and 8. And this is uh, the New Living Translation. And it says... What makes you better than anyone else? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why boast as though you have accomplished something on your own? You think you already have everything you need? You are already rich. Without us, you have become kings. I wish that you were really on your thrones already for them you will be reigning with you so ultimately this is uh, paul writing to the corinthians apostle paul writing to the corinthians and he said what makes you think that you are better than anybody else what is that thing that makes you think that you are more special than any other human being that you should look down on the person in the name of whatever what whether it's uh, prestige qualifications status wealth whatever race whatever what is it that makes you think that you are more important than anybody else and what what is it that you have that that was not even given to you by god you know all you have all we have is from god so why should we boast why should we be boastful why should we feel like ah we cannot or we should not um uh, we we are you know you can't you can't what is it that you cannot sacrifice for God what is it that you cannot give up for God I remember um just in Q1 this year February precisely we were excuse me I, I was um there was something that I really 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 wanted as in it was a fact I couldn't see how I would not get it. And I was just like, God, I strongly believe that it was God's will for me to have it. You know, <laughs> you know how you desire something and you feel like, ah, this is the will of, it cannot not be the will of God for me to have this because this thing is good for me. And I know that God wants what is good for me. So this has to be the will of God for me. So we were in prayers. Um, 
uh, a prayer that was organized nationally by a young Christian psalmist. And during one of the sessions, so we typically will write our requests. You know, this was not in a particular meeting place, but each of us in our respective homes tuning in through our devices. And he said, okay, uh, whatever it is that you really want God, that you know, whatever it is that you really desire, you know, that your strongest desire, put it at the feet of God and lay it down and tell God that you are ready to give it up that you are ready to give it up, that if he doesn't want you to have it, you are ready to give it up. I was like, Chai, no, this one cannot, this one cannot, <laughs> this one cannot be giving up. It surely has to be the will of God for me to get this. You know, it was a bit difficult for me, but eventually I was able to make that prayer. And I started seeing myself in a place where I, I didn't even have that thing. And I was happy. You know, like I had given it up so much that I said, Lord, if it is not your will, if it is not from your hands, if it is not in your plan for me, if it is not in your presence, please don't even let me have it. I don't want it. If it is not coming from you, I don't want it. And Lord, please don't send me anywhere you're not going to go with me. If you're not going with me, don't send me there. No matter how good, no matter how precious it is, regardless of how fancy it might be, if God is not going with me, I don't want to go. And if God is not giving me this thing by himself, I don't want it from any other place i don't want it from any other place so i continue to decree i continue to pray that and eventually my spirit was comfortable that look if god wants you to have this he will give it to you seamlessly and if he doesn't give it to you it's okay so in the same way can you can we bring ourselves to the situation where we can subject everything to god and say, Lord, everything belongs to you. In other words, God is not just interested in your 10%. He's also interested in what you are doing with the 90%. He's also interested in what you are doing with the 90%. It's not just about giving tithes. It's about what you are doing with the entirety of your being, your life, your existence, your body, your soul, your spirit, your mind. What you are doing with the present and the future he has given to you. What you have done with the past and how you are handling the past. In the sense that, are you drawing lessons from the past experiences that you have to enrich the future of those and even the presence of those that God has brought you in contact with? So it's not just about giving your tithes. It's not just about, it's not just about giving 10%. What are you giving God that he has not given you? The entirety of you belongs to him. It's just oxygen like should cease like this for five minutes. You are gone. It won't even be up to five minutes. So let's not get it twisted, people. Let's not get it. Uh, let us let us just get it straight. The entirety of ourselves, our being, and look at even Christ, Jesus, and it's it's so interesting because sometimes I feel like. Um, we are clouded in our vision, in our judgment, that we miss the major things and major and the minor things. When Jesus Christ came here on earth, he actually taught us about giving. Several times, many, many examples, and I'll just point out a few. He went to the temple. He sat down. The whole son of God, oh, this is God himself in human form. He came enter the temple the one that gave the commandment in malachi he came he sat down in a jewish temple and he was watching them in jerusalem 
the holy city watching people as they were giving you know how it is now okay in nigeria in some churches thankfully in my church you don't have to come out to dance and drop your offering they just pass the back the bags and you drop your offering there but in some in some churches you have to come out and drop your offering so everybody will see what you are giving um so in this case people were coming and they were dropping i'm sure that some wealthy people were coming with their tight their 10 percent Kogain, so happy, like, yeah, I'm so righteous. I'm giving the Lord what he had. Some may even have decided, like that other lady that said that God is owing her because she gave more than 10%. Some people might have even had those kind of mentalities, you know, maybe come with 20% to say, I'm just giving this one in advance for the following distance so that you know that you are owing me, I've done my own. You know, people were just giving and giving and giving. And one lady came and she gave her might. I can't remember what it might is. If I'm able to find it in the course of this episode, I will share. A might was like um a minute. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to uh to uh to 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 read it here. So a might is a Jewish coin and the smallest used in the New Testament time. It's a kind of Jewish coin and it's the smallest. And they said the current worth of a mite today will be about one eighth of a cent. So if you get cents, you know cents. <laughs> How do I? Cents. C E N T. When you get cents, you divide into eight parts. One part of that cent is a mite. And this is what this woman gave. It's just like saying you are giving one cobble. <laughs> Or if they can even divide one cobble into eight parts, you are giving 0.00 whatever cobble. That's what this woman gave. A mite. She gave a mite. And Jesus said she was the one that gave the greatest. Because that mite was all that she had. So she was willing to even die, you know, like... God, this is all I have. I give myself to you. Meaning, if I don't get food to eat, if I don't have any other thing to survive or live on, I'm giving you my life. And Jesus said, she gave the greatest. She gave the greatest. She gave more than any other person. Because she put her life on the line for God. And there's also another example, the Good Samaritan. Okay, so a priest passed by. And um, this, they passed by this robber who had been beaten up. Um, and we laid and left for, for dead by the, by, the, uh, by the roadside. And we can find that account in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10, precisely. So he was left by the roadside for dead and many people came and they were walking by walking past walking past this man and eventually somebody came who the scriptures did not record that oh he was a priest or a prophet or anything just an ordinary person he came and he took this man in now the kind of people who passed by when he was lying there. We can read from um, 
Luke chapter 10 verses 25 to 37 and I'm not going to read it because it's a long a very long read and that was when Jesus was teaching about love you know um, he said there was this Jewish man that was traveling on a trip from Jericho to um, from Jerusalem to Jericho he was actually coming from the temple area right to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits and they stripped him they beat him up they took his money and they left him for dead and by chance a Jewish priest came along but when he saw the man lying there he crossed to the other side of the road and he passed by him many of us do it too oh we are so holy we are this we are that we just enter our private jets enter our cars pass by some yes you can't solve world hunger or you can't you can't feed you can't take care of everybody but what is your sympathy level you rate it by yourself and i also rate mine how sympathetic are we when we see people suffering i remember there was a day and i don't usually like to share um these sort of things but lord um i can share this without giving out without giving out too many details so i went to the filling station the fuel station to um to to buy uh fuel for my car and i didn't have in fact i don't think i had any money on me i didn't have any money on me and i didn't have much money in my bank account either um i had this very pressing project that i was saving for I didn't even know how I was going to fund the project. Um, but when I got to the field station, filling station, I saw these two men. They looked um, so... I'm struggling to find the word, but they looked like people who life had really beaten in a very terrible way. They, they looked very tired. Um, their clothes were worn out. And... You could barely see uh, much fat on their skin. Like they, 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 they were mean. They, they actually looked bony to me. So um, one of them came and pressed his face against the window of my vehicle, and he knocked, and he signaled like he wanted something. Um, of course, I didn't have any money on me, so. I just waved at him, you know, to signal that, okay, hi, I don't have anything. And he stayed there, you know, there was a queue. So my vehicle, um, it wasn't time for my vehicle to, to move forward. So he stayed there with his face pressed to the glass, you know, just looking at me intently, you know, like he really expected me to do something. And uh, soon after... The second man came and joined him. And I was like, God, please, I don't know what's going on. I don't have anything to give. I don't even have, um, I, I didn't have any cash on me. So when it was almost my turn, the fuel attendant came and tried to scare these men away. And they were begging the fuel attendants to let them speak to me. And at that point, I was like, I'm not the only person in this uh, filling station. Why am I the one that these people are coming to? And that was when God opened my heart to realize that I could do something for them. So I wound down my glass and um, we started talking and they narrated their experience to me, which was really very pathetic, very sad, very, very sad. 
Um, I'm not led to share it, so I would not. It was very sad. And I immediately, God through his mercies and in his wisdom, began to give me insight on what I could do. So in the course of the conversation, they were able to explain some of the things that they could do if they had some just little capital. And I was led to say, okay, I called a few attendants like, if I can you take this amount of money from my card and give them the cash so that they can use it as startup for this business that they said they would be able to uh, commence to take them off this begging path. And she said yes. And she did that and they were so happy. And the kind of peace I felt that day, and that's just a very small act that is probably not even significant. But I told us that story to just let us know that once you align with God and you request God to give you the wisdom, he will. He will show you what to do. And of course, there are times when um, you, you your spirit is even convinced that, look, this is not a situation for you to do anything. And I will give you another example of such instance. For me, I went to the market here in Nigeria, um, in the area where I stay in the Niger Delta. And um, while I was buying a particular item, it was an open market, if you know how um, markets are in this part of the world. Somebody just walked to me, a guy, and he he was immediately, you know, asking, asking, just making, for me, he was making noise because he was like, oh, I've not, uh, please give me something. I need money to do this. I need money to do that, you know, and I didn't even look at him because um, in the first place, I didn't have enough cash on me. Um, there was there was this funny policy that was implemented that made it really difficult for people to get cash. So I didn't have enough cash on me. Plus, uh, so many other things that uh, I had in mind at the time. Uh, some economic realities I was trying to weigh in making my purchase. And this guy was just talking and talking, oh, that he, he needed money to eat and all of that. You know, he was really sounding really aggressive and not convincing for me. So at some point I turned and I looked at him and I realized that he wasn't paralyzed, he wasn't blind, he wasn't deaf, he wasn't dumb, like he was fully equipped to be able to walk, not incapacitated in any way. So, and he he was well-dressed, like he wasn't looking dirty or anything. So obviously he had soap to take a shower and wash his clothes. So I looked at him and in my mind, you know, uh, for me, my spirit was just like uh, grace. Grace does not encourage indolence. You know, uh, grace does not encourage laziness. So I looked away and con- uh, concentrated on where I was making my purchase. And um, somewhere along the line, he said, oh, God knows that I begged you and you did not give me anything. And he walked away. And <laughs> I just laughed at that point. And in my mind, I said, well, God knows that he has also given you the capacity to be able to walk. And you have refused to walk to make a living to eat. Because the way the market runs, if you are able to, if you are willing to carry people's bags, you will get some money. You will get tips. People will give you uh, things. So this was an able-bodied guy, young, not old. Um, and he wasn't willing to work. 
he was just carrying around uh, a small bag that he was using to ask people for money and when they give him he'll put the money in the bag you know and he made that statement to me that oh god knew that he had begged me and i didn't do anything i didn't feel bad at all because for me i felt like god had also equipped him to be able to make a living and he was not willing to do that but was rather banking on asking and begging others to uh to to give him something so uh, it's for you to be able to apply the spirit of discernment in giving so that you are not spiritually blackmailed either so in this particular case you see that this man was left for dead and a priest came by passed him went to the other side did not help him a temple assistant you know um that's a levite that's king james calls him a levite and the new living translation calls him a temple assistant because the levites are entrusted with um, priestly activities and activities regarding the temple and worship and all that they came and he came and passed by and did nothing it was now a despised samaritan somebody who was considered not to be you know able to do anything he, it was that Samaritan that came. Somebody who was considered not to be holy. I don't want to go into the history of how Samaritans uh, came about. But it was the Samaritans uh, from the city of Samaria after the kingdom had been divided between Israel and Judah. So the Samaritan that the area known as Samaria, Samaria was often occupied by even people from other nations that were prohibited from, um, from having interface with the Israelites. They were usually inhabitants in that place so over time there were some kind of sentiments about samaritans but this was the samaritan that came and took this jewish man and placed him somewhere where he was treated on his own account now i told us that story because you see that the jewish priests i'm sure he was probably coming from the temple or going to the temple and if he was going to the temple Maybe he had something on him that he was going to use. Even the, um, the the Levites, the temple assistant, you know, but they didn't think it was necessary for them to attend to this man. So in giving, you're not just giving, you're not just giving your money. You are giving yourself, you know, your your the entirety of your being, your life. And that's why your body, your body is also very important to God. Because as St. Paul tells us, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have to take care of it. Because our body is the vehicle through which God is going to walk. Through which God is doing and is doing and will continue to do great things here on earth. So you have to eat well. Eat healthy. Eat well. Avoid things that could make you sick. Drink water. You know, the most healthy drink that you can actually take is water. Drink water. Exercise. And exercising is not just jumping up and down. It could, it could just be taking a walk, taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. It could just be um, little, little things, you know. Um, exercise, sleep. Sleep is also important, very important. And don't, whether it's a long, a long uh, sleep or deep sleep or, or short nap, sleep is important. And in sleeping, hand everything over to God. You know, trust Him. Don't use your sleep time to be worrying and then you start dreaming of all sorts of things. So, um, I hope and I pray that god gives you god gives me god gives us the grace 
to honor him with our body with our soul with our mind and our spirit the entirety of our being and finally another thing i know for sure the fourth thing i know for sure is that the reverential fear of god is the beginning of wisdom the reverential fear of god is the beginning of wisdom that is the profound reverence and awe honor respect and admiration that we have for god is the beginning of wisdom so um in fearing god it's not like you're afraid that god will do something bad to you but i think for me i get this because of my the relationship i have with my parents so i fear my parents and says i i don't want to disappoint them i don't want to i don't want to dishonor them i don't want them to um i don't want them to be annoyed or sad or you know ashamed of my conduct in any way now um there's this there's this song that says oh um that you you were not carrying god up so you cannot bring him down yes you were not carrying him up but you know the scriptures has also said that oh uh, that that god regretted you know that he did something for someone because of the way that person reacted i don't want god to regret anything over my life i don't want him to be sad i don't want him to be um upset i don't want i don't want to do anything that will annoy him and i know that it's not by my power it's not by my might but by his spirit so i continuously ask him for the grace to help me to walk in accordance with his dictates his tenets to know him better to understand what he wants and the grace to be able to do it to serve him to represent him properly that you know wherever i am people will be able to recognize and say this is the daughter of the most high god this is a child of god the lord is her father you know and not say it in a way that would um, bring his name to disrepute or anything but say it in a way that it is clearly an honor to you know a, a source of reverence to him that i'm representing him properly and i believe I believe strongly that when uh, the scripture talks about um, having the reverential fear of God, that's what it is. We need to honor him and have deep, 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 deep respect for him. I mean, God has um, God has feelings. You know, when you read the scriptures, you see that, oh, that the Lord, uh, you know, there are times when um, the Lord rejoices. There are times when the Lord is, 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 um, is displeased. You know, he's angry. So I don't want to be the source of stirring any such negative um negative um emotion or or feeling or thought in my father i want my life to be a sweet smelling sacrifice to him i want my life to be a source of honor and praise to him i want him to rejoice you know over me and me also rejoicing over him i want to be a worthy representative of him every time i just love i just love the lord (laughs) i just love the lord honestly i just love god almighty and i pray for the grace you know to continue to walk in accordance with his ways and not be a disappointment not be um not be um one that's will annoy him at all honestly i just want my life to bring praise and honor and adoration to god i want to be able to obey him and i pray the same for you too that everything you need to fulfill the purpose for which god 
uh, created you that god will make everything to be made to be manifest you know he will give you the ability to walk in accordance with his dictates you know the bible says that he will guide you with his eyes showing you that this is the way i pray that god will also be able to guide you guide us with his eyes and the way he can guide us with his eyes you know uh, for us in nigeria those days when we were growing up as little children you know we could go somewhere with your parents and um, the the host of the place you have gone to will bring out uh, some snacks and stuff or they'll be asking do you want to do this do you want to do that do you want this do you want to eat that and you your your eyes will just be fixed on your mommy's uh, eyes and her face to see how she will react she will not say no nana don't take this but the way she will look at you you will know that hmm you shouldn't you shouldn't take anything here you shouldn't eat anything here or even if they offer you you should not touch it you know she would not have to say anything or like these days you know you, you are looking at a child and the child is asking why are you looking at me like that in, <laughs> back in the day we could tell we could understand nobody told us what the meaning of those uh, signs were but we knew that this meant go or this meant stop or this meant when you get home you see mommy will deal with you so um and the way we understood was by observing watching our parents and fixing our eyes on them in the same way i pray that god will give you give me give us the grace to fix our eyes on him so that he'll be able to guide us and lead us and direct us in the path of righteousness in the way to fulfill purpose because his plans for you his plans for me are always for good and not for evil may god bless you thank you so much for listening it has been a great honor and privilege to share with you today and i hope that you have been blessed in listening may god enrich these words that you have heard in your heart in my life and may they bear positive fruits to the glory of god in jesus name amen may god bless you enjoy the rest of your week bye for now